Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John Debari, my co-host, Matt Walker. And as always, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. So, six weeks in the books. Uh, week seven is upon us. Good. Had a couple uh, injuries pop up this week, which seems to be the norm. Uh, had some Leonard Fournette rumors, which always gets my mouth salivating. But other than that, Walk, how are you and where you want to get started? Listen, Leonard Fournette rumors do much more than get your mouth salivating. But this was unequivocally the worst week of NFL football I've ever seen in my entire life. I am, and and not just from a personal perspective because my Eagles. <laughs> I feel like you said this last week too. <laughs> I mean, John, two games, two games went over last week. Two. Mm, didn't even Total. notice. Okay. The just to confirm, there was a push. The Browns 49ers pushed at, at, at a staggering 36 points. So let's not count that, that one pushed out of all That's, the ones that push. No, it was the lowest total of all. Yeah. Um, Colts Jags went over 44, Dolphins uh, Panthers went over 47 and a half, and everything else, including what was <laughs> supposed to be a fantastic Monday night affair between the Cowboys and the Chargers, went way under. There were, let me just quick math. There were yeah, one, stunk. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty, twenty-three teams scored twenty or fewer points this past week, and there was two teams on the bye. It was a tight week for real football, for football fans, and certainly for fantasy football. And we're not even talking about injuries. There was just no production. Where are the touchdowns? They don't exist. Well, and this is, you know, this is the time of year me and you usually <clears throat> say things start coming around. Teams <laughs> with that shitty preseason, usually they start clicking, to, but yeah. no yeah, one's said, clicking. Oh, we got to give it the first month. And then it was like a little blip, I think, right at week four. I was like, okay, here we go. And then it was, you know, total nosedive last week. Terrible game after terrible game, you know, with subpar production. And now we're on the week seven where six teams are yeah. on the bye. Bengals, Cowboys, Jets, Panthers, Texans, and Titans are all on the bye this week. So yeah. now we're talking about 26 teams, 13 games after a week of just utter disaster from a production standpoint. And we have to figure out how to keep winning in fantasy football. Got to win, win these ugly games, like just like in the real NFL. Yeah, got to find gotta, a way. Got to take advantage um, where you can. So that's what we're here for. Um, we're moving forward, just like uh, I said my Eagles do. You know, can't dwell on a pass. We we look forward. We're on to week seven. You know, Eagles are on to the Dolphins, and uh, we're on to one key stat, John. So uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to take it away. The floor is yours. Thursday night disaster. Denver Broncos lost. Oh. At Kansas City, 19-8. to eight. Two of those teams that failed to score 20 points last week. But somehow the Broncos have allowed 200 points on the nose on this young season, which is the equivalent of 33 points per game. And yes, I said the Chiefs only scored 19. So something's up in Chiefville. But the reality is the Broncos are broken on both sides of the ball. And although they didn't put up the points, Mahomes threw for a season-high 306 yards on Thursday night football. That seemed staggeringly low to me. For him, um, it just hasn't been this massive Mahomes upside um, 
I know we had kind of tired or uh, Travis Kelsey in and out of the lineup, and the rest of those receivers really aren't helping him out. Um, but he hasn't been, you know, a no-brainer from a fantasy perspective yet this year. Yeah, it's been been a bit of a disappointment, yeah, to say yeah. the least. As has the entire league. So why why sure. should we consider Mahomes any different? From then we go on to the other uh, the third London game of the season where the Baltimore Ravens defeated the Tennessee Titans, who were the home team, 24-16. to 16. I said it was finally Zay Day. Zay Jones caught six balls for 50 yards and a touchdown. He had a 27% target share on the weekend. He also had one carry for one yard and one touchdown rushing because they just don't want to give Gus Edwards any opportunity to score touchdowns in this offense. And also, Ryan Tannehill hurt high ankle. Titans are on a bye, but we could be entering Malik Willis' season. I was reading an article last night that said we might be close to Willis returning to, or not Willis, Jesus, Levis. Willis and Levis are two similar oh, yeah, names. I mean, I don't let's, like it. let's open it up. They're a two and four team going into the bye. Ryan Tannehill, high ankle. They said like the same injuries he had before. He had surgery in the past. They're not sure he's having surgery now. They're two and four team. He's done. It's the last year of his contract with the Titans. You have to get these other guys out there. You absolutely have to. If, if, if Rabel is, you know, naive enough to think they're going to compete this year, then you know they need to reevaluate their head coaching. But this is a perfect opportunity to get these guys game action to see if you actually have your quarterback in the future on the roster. But off of that, on to the Washington Commanders heading down to Atlanta to defeat the Atlanta Falcons twenty-four to sixteen. The Commanders absolutely cannot run the ball. They had twenty-two carries for seventy-two scoreless yards. Somehow. Sam Howell was entering must-star territory. He only threw it, I think, like 23 times, but he had a 13% touchdown rate. He accounted for all three touchdowns in this game. And also, the Falcons have two must-start tight ends at present, given the landscape of the tight end position. Obviously, everyone has Kyle Pitts to start him, but Johnny Smith is a must-start tight end at this point in time. Yes. Absolute must-start. I will agree with that. The Minnesota Vikings beat, question mark, the Chicago Bears, 19-13 to 13 in a tremendously ugly game between two teams that are not going anywhere this season. Justin Fields got hurt. Both offenses seem to be broken, and yet Alexander Madison saw 25 opportunities to Cam Akers, too. So it looked like Akers was working his way towards a 50-50 split pretty quickly, and then nope, all Madison in this last game. So, so much for Akers. Looks like he... Uh, we're out as welcome with yet another franchise. Your Seattle Seahawks went to Cincinnati to lose to Joe Burrow and the Bengals 17 to 13. Geno Smith has had as many games under 113 yards passing as he does over 297 on the season. And he also only has one multi TD game this year. Geno Smith back to being the Geno Smith everyone thought he was. Remember, I, I traded him a couple weeks ago, and you thought uh, I was a maniac. I, dude, I don't know. I've been trying to trade him in the uh, flea flicker. No, no one wants him. Um, yeah, I, I got him. I got a first for him. Yeah, good golf clap. <laughs> That's I saw, fantastic. I saw the writing on the wall. Yeah, it's. I mean, they've upgraded their offense. They have more weapons. They got uh, JSN and. Zach Charbonnet, and he's worse. I just don't, I don't understand theory, like how that actually happens. And also, just a bonus, Jamar Always Open Chase has seen 56 targets 
over the last four weeks, John. That is a 238 target pace on the year. Not enough. More. I agree. <laughs> 20 a game. Let's do it. On to the now 5-1 and one San Francisco 49ers losing to, PJ, to the P.J. Walker-led Browns, 19-17. to 17. I just wrote, Brock Purdy looks mortal without his Yak Monsters. He was 12-27, 44% completion percentage, 125 yards at 4.6 yards per attempt, and a one-touchdown to one-interception ratio. Like, I'm not trying to bag on Purdy. Browns are a stellar defense, but it's, it's all this after-catch it. So once CMC and Debo left the game, this dude was helpless. I mean, he's not elevating guys. He's a good distributor of the ball, but I think we're starting to see that he's he is really a product of this Kyle Shanahan offense, not the other way around. That's my two cents. Not that he can't be good. Not that the 49ers can't be good. Purdy wouldn't be nearly this good on another team. That's all I'm saying. New Orleans Saints head to Houston to get worked by our, John, our, our Houston Texans, 20 to 13. <laughs> DJ Stroud finally threw his first pick, but he also has the Texans at 500. They're a three and three team. That is bonkers to me. Also, Damian Pierce is slowly getting Wally pipped by Devin Singletary. I'm sure you're going to have to talk about in your snaps um, category, but it's it was tough to see um, as a Pierce believer. On the, one of the two overs of the week, the for the rest of the season, it sounds like Gardner Minshew led Indianapolis Colts. Lost 37 to 20 at Jacksonville. The Jaguars bludgeoned the Colts by 17 points, and it was way worse than that at at other points. But somehow, Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley failed to get home in fantasy. During that same game, uh, Travis Etienne had a monster two-touchdown performance, and he is RB2 overall over the last three weeks. He has really started to pop, and no one is talking about Tank Bigsby anymore. The other over. The 0-6, don't have their first-round pick, Carolina Panthers, got doubled up by the Miami Dolphins, 42-21. to Raheem Must-Start is back. Had a huge 34.2 PPR point performance on only 20 touches. The dude, it just insert running, speedy running back here. Like, it's it's crazy how productive this position is. I mean, Savin Achman had a touchdown. Our boy Chris Brooks actually looked good on his limited touches. You know, Tyreek Hill keeps doing what he's doing, but that running game is unstoppable right now with the just with the players they have. The terrible New England Patriots went to Las Vegas, John, your backyard, you know, to visit their buddy Josh McDaniel and lose 21-17 to the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, quick question. Are Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers the PPR wide receiver ones on their respective teams? Uh Kendrick Bourne has, has come and gone. You know I'm a Kendrick Bourne guy. I have him in lots of spots and haven't even been playing him. He, I don't know, too up and down for me, so I say no, but I do say yes for the other guy whose name I already forgot. Jacoby Myers. I mean, it's yes. crazy. Like Devontae Adams, I know his shoulder's dinged up, but Myers is just super consistent. He's he missed good. a game and a concussion, but dude's He's... been a stud. They, boy, they'd like to have him in New England, huh? I was just reading last night about how much Belichick hated and has always hated Juju and was opposed to the signing anyway. Hold on. GM Bill Belichick didn't want to sign Juju? That's what I was reading. Yeah, I find that odd. He was pressured into it. 
<laughs> By who? I, listen, <laughs> I don't know. Decisions. He makes all the player personnel decisions. Okay. I get it. Listen, he's trying to find a scapegoat. Is that what we're doing? He's <laughs> yeah, he got to fire this GM, Bill Belichick. His head coach, Bill Belichick, was not on board with signing Juju for the same amount of money as the Raiders gave to Jacoby Myers. Got it. Okay. Crazy. So, from there, on to you know a string of unders. The Detroit Lions went down to Tampa Bay and handled the Buccaneers 22-6. The Lions had no run game at all. David Montgomery got hurt. And then Jared Goff just says, all right, I'll just put 353 and two touchdowns on the Bucs. He's a low-end QB1 and hasn't played a single game yet with his full complement of offensive weapons. It's crazy. <clears throat> put that stout offensive line around him with Bed Johnson. Dude's actually, you know, second chance you know, after he kind of flamed out in L.A. The Arizona Cardinals continue to lose in just tremendous fashion. 26-9 to at Los Angeles Rams. Huge rebound game from your boy, Leadfoot Kyron Williams. 20 carries, 158 yards, and a touchdown. Had no targets on the game. Totally. Once Cup came back, that, that ship had sailed for him. He was a running downs only back that's touchdown dependent, but you know, had a big game and was productive uh, on his touches. And then also Cooper Cup is staking his claim once again as the PPR wide receiver one. Just turned in a modest seven for 148 and one touchdown game um, where Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford barely dropped back to pass. And then I just got a bonus point on these Cardinals. Why would you use a young running back who was productive a week ago and, you know, when he was thrust into duty in Amari DiMarcado when you can roll out dusty ass Damian Williams and just came back off injury con Keontae Ingram? We're not evaluating players. Is that what we're doing here? You're stealing my talking points. <laughs> Arizona, you sons of yeah, yeah. yeah. Didn't not not personally affected by that decision at all to just totally nerf D Mercado. Um, all right, had to talk about it sooner or later. My Philadelphia Eagles went up to North Jersey to lose to the Zach Wilson led Jets 22 14. Brees Hall got there, he was RB4 against a stout Eagles run defense. I've been preaching their virtues week after week. They didn't have Jalen Carter, which certainly downgrades a little bit, but Hall was productive in the run game and in the pass game. Also of note, the Eagles threw it on 67% of their plays in a game they led throughout. Don't, don't ask me why I was yelling that at the screen all day watching it on Sunday in a game they were leading where they refused to run the ball um, and just keep putting Jalen Hurts in positions to throw multiple interceptions. But alas, we move on. Sunday night football. The New York Giants went to Orchard Park in a just disgusting game. We're talking about unders. 14 to 9, they lost to the Bills. UGLY, just ugly, not a lot to talk about. Other than the fact that Stefan Diggs did have a 53% target share on the game, and Barkley saw a workhorse like 29 opportunities. So while it was a slog, 23 total points scored at least. The, the studs were the ones getting every quote-unquote opportunity. Sunday night on the Monday night, another disappointment. The Dallas Cowboys head to Los Angeles Chargers. I mean, this is it, John, right? It's Chargers are supposed to lose. They win. Chargers are supposed to win. They lose. Is that, is that your, that's that your is matrix? Correct. That um, is correct. At home. How did, how did it work out? <laughs> yeah, they lost 20 to 17. Oh. Um, what I learned is, one, your boy Austin Eckler can take a punch. If you haven't seen it. he. Oh, actually, I didn't know this. Got smoked by Dante Fowler pregame in a scuffle. Um, I did. I, I just thought it was a typical football fight where everyone was wrestling oh, no. around and there, there was real punches. Ah, uh, there was, yeah. Son of a bitch. bitch. All right. Knocked his helmet clear off. Yeah. I got homework yeah. to do. 
But he listen, stood stood. You'd be proud, John. Stood tall. <laughs> I mean, punching other grown men with a helmet on seems counterintuitive to me. The stupidest idea ever. I've made really a ton of bad decisions. What, I've never what's, what's to be gained here other than potentially breaking your own hand. But yeah. also, CD Lamb, who there was a, a lot of talk about recently, is currently PPR wide receiver 13 on the season, but he's wide receiver 24 in targets. He has 42 targets on the year. The aforementioned Kendrick Bourne. I'm sorry. Uh CD Lamb has 42 targets on here. I think I said 44. The aforementioned Kendrick Bourne has 44. CD Lamb is being out-targeted by Kendrick Bourne, who you said, and correctly so, runs hot and cold. He has 22 of those targets in a two-game span. But how does a CD Lamb have less opportunity? I don't care about game script or any of that stuff than Kendrick Bourne does. It's it's confounding, even as a avid Cowboys hater. And that's why you know you know why this are is. the one key it's, plus that's Mike McCarthy. 100% we know why this is. They don't have uh, There's that. Yeah, I mean, there's a factor. And I believe there's a Jerry Jones does not want to pay him factor. So it's let's nerf his stats a little bit. and then Suppress his numbers. Jones. Makes sense. Yep. All right. Yep. So looking at some usage stuff this week. Actually, I got more than I have had the couple last couple weeks. So I'll try to fire through this. Hopefully, I don't talk too fast. But starting alphabetical order, we'll go with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, DeMarcado. Saw more snaps than Keontae Ingram this week. However, Ingram, 12 touches to DeMarcado's three. Damian Williams comes out of nowhere, 17% snap share, nine touches. So he tripled up DeMarcado. Ingram apparently is the number one. Damian Williams, the two, and DeMarcado back to number three. So not what people hope. They dumped a lot of fab on him, and he had disappointed in his first game. Uh, Obviously, it's a one-time game. We like to see what happens over the course of two, three games, See for look for some trends here. But by the time we get a reading on this backfield, James Conner will be back, and it won't matter. Uh, Atlanta Falcons. Bijan, you know, beginning of the year, we had a lot of uh, – uh, what's his name? Can't think of the other guy. Algier. Algier was heavily involved to, to everyone's chagrin. However, Bijan saw his highest snap total of the year, 64 snaps, which is 77% for the team, just kind of – Interesting, I thought Van Jefferson saw 22 snaps in a game where he came over this week. I don't think he's usable or fantasy relevant, but those snaps are being taken from other guys on that offense, so keep that in mind. Um, Baltimore Ravens, Gus, our guy, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill. Uh, good luck figuring out which way this is going. They are just trading who is the snap leader. Gus one week, Hill the next, flip-flop, flip-flop. So no one you can really rely on. They're both playable as, as a – flex guy because they will get the work, but there's no one you can really comfortably plug in as your RB2. Um, hopefully you have better options week in and week out. I don't believe this to be the case, but Baltimore certainly does. Nelson Aguilar is clearly their wide receiver two behind Zay Flowers. Um, even when Bateman is healthy, Aguilar has played more than him. When Odell Beckham has been healthy, Aguilar has been playing more than him. So since week three, Bateman and Beckham have missed time, but Aguilar has just outplayed both of them, at least in terms of being on the field. There's been no real production with it. I think he had one nice game, but this, this, just like we thought coming into the year, everyone talked about this. Ah, look out for this passing attack. It's Mark Andrews. It's Zay Flowers. You can use the running backs, but this is not a passing attack you want a part of. Uh, Buffalo. Latavius Murray started the game this week over James Cook. I was curious if there were any injuries or anything. I read a little bit about it. It sounds like Buffalo is very concerned. You like to always say this doesn't matter, but Buffalo sounds concerned with James Cook 
ability to pass protect. So that's why Murray's getting more work. And this week they had equal snaps. Uh, Murray had uh, 12 carries. James Cook had 14 carries. Neither one of them had a target in the game. So Murray played the whole first series. Cook came in for the second one. It sounds like it's trending a direction that nobody wants for fantasy. Um, I do have Latavius Murray still stash on rosters, so good for me. But, yeah, I, I was really trying to buy Cook. I thought wheels were up after seeing him the first couple weeks this year, but it is not trending in the direction we want to see. Chicago Bears. Darnell Mooney. Is he dead to you? Is he dead to you personally at this point? I mean, it's hard for him not to be. Um Especially now with Justin Fields being injured, but yes, it's uh, or maybe it's better. You never, you know what needs, I mean. He needs, he needs, uh, he needs to get out of Chicago. The, the wide yeah. receiver two can't be productive in Chicago. Baltimore part two. So yeah, week one, seven targets for Mooney. Week two, one. Week three, four. Then four. Then three. And he's had four catches, zero, four, zero, two. So. We've talked about him a bunch here. We used to really like him, but yeah, it's just not a system where he can succeed. Looks terrible. Cleveland, Kareem Hunt kind of outplayed Jerome Ford this week, maybe getting his wheels under him, shaking some of the rust off. It's something to keep an eye on for the next couple weeks. Um, right now, I would still lean forward, but could be a one game blip, game script dependent. Who knows? But we've seen Hunt be productive in this offense before. Again, he didn't sign with the team until a couple weeks ago. So maybe he was at home eating, eating pizza kicking people in hallways, doing what he likes to do. Donovan Peoples-Jones is blowing away Amari Cooper and uh, Elijah Moore in snaps, turning into nothing on the field. But he is out there constantly. He doesn't come off the field. Dallas Cowboys, Monday night, I had one of my big predictions was a huge game from Michael Gallup. The potential was there. He got peppered, man. He had 10 targets in the game. Can't ask for much more than that. Very few guys get to double digits, turn it into three catches. You fucking bum. Get your hands on the ball. Pretty disappointing. Um, but I do like number two receivers going up against the Chargers from this point forward. Uh, spoiler alert. I like Rashi Rice coming up next uh, next week against them. Um, Houston, you already alluded to it earlier. Singletary outplayed Pierce. First time all season. It was a 54-35 split. Didn't turn into much on the field. I think Pierce is still the better player, although I do like Singletary. Could be more of a committee going forward, but it didn't matter. None, Pierce was not blowing the doors off the league this season anyway, uh, despite that team looking way better than anybody thought. Los Angeles Rams, it's all three wide receiver sets. People were worried about Nakua coming off the field with Cup, or, or does it ding at? Well, no, no, no. They just leave all three of them out there. They're they're close to 100% snap share if they're not there each week since the three have played together. So Atwell's obviously the third fiddle among those three, but – yeah, you can play all of them with confidence week in and week out. They are not coming off the field. Um, Kyron Williams has sustained an ankle injury. Looks like he is going to miss week seven. Interestingly enough, Ronnie Rivers also got banged up in this game. I think he's out a couple of weeks, which means there is a potential for our first Zach Evans sighting of the year. So I'm actually going to keep an eye on that and that game. They'll just sign Sonny Michelle and he'll start just like Damian Williams randomly got all the work for Arizona. <laughs> you know, Veteran back. Gonna get in here. Could, could be for Nettie. There's a chance, right? I mean, I guess. <laughs> I mean, who else is out there? So Sony's officially retired. Anyone. Not that that ever means anything. All right. CJ. Las Vegas Raiders. Michael Meyer finally 
Outsnapped Austin Hooper for the first time in the season. Uh, Michael Mayer had five receptions on six targets for 75. Nice showing for the, the rookie. Took a few weeks to finally get out there, but you know he was the highest-touted uh, rookie tight end in this class, and Laporte has exploded. Musgrave's blown up. Kincaid's been a little flat, but finally this guy who NFL people like the most is getting out there. Uh, and Hooper had two catches, two targets for 19. So looking good for Mayer going forward. New England Patriots. Juju. Not a healthy scratch. Just zero snaps. Uh, Devontae Parker saw a big dip in his snaps. I didn't see him getting injured anywhere. I didn't read anything about that. Crazy. Out of nowhere. We talked about Kendrick Bourne leading the way. Tyquan Thornton, who has been there for a while. And Jalen Rager. All over the field. So if they got out there, it's going to be, again, it's one week. Let's see how this plays out in the next couple of weeks. But dog shit offense, shitty team. They're going to have to start scoring somehow at some point. Take on Thornton. And if, if Rager can just break a few plays, these guys might spring to life on this dog shit Patriots team. Listen, the only thing Rager's capable of is breaking hearts. That's it. He's, True story. He can't, can't break plays. Fundamentally impossible. Hasn't hasn't happened yet. Uh, New York Giants. Darius Slayton has 327 snaps on the year. The next closest to him is 200. So in in a couple weeks here, he may be doubling up any of his competition. Doing nothing with it, though. 87% uh, routes run, 13% targets on those. Uh, He's getting 15% of the team's targets. Only 68, well, only it's not bad, actually. 68% of them have been catchable, just nothing. I had a ton of him just because I thought this wide receiver course sucked. I thought Waller would get heavily used, and, and then I thought it would be all Slayton. I was correct on the all Slayton, but because this offense as a whole has just been terrible, it doesn't mean anything. The guy's out there. If they could get him the ball, he could be productive, but this this is an abysmal offensive system, and he is being – the captain going down with the ship, staying in the Big Apple, New York Jets. Brees Hall, a couple weeks ago, they said, yeah, we're taking the training wheels off. I always think coaches are full of shit when they say that. Oh, no, it's been all him for two weeks. He's been uh, a snap share monster, getting a ton of work. Um, Michael Carter has stayed on the field the same amount he always has. The loser in this, uh, our second Cook brother, uh, Dalvin Cook, has really seen his snaps drop since they – gave the workload to Hall. So Cook is out. Hall is up. Carter's staying equal. Uh, but again, they, they got the win over your Eagles. They're still a terrible team. Uh, they're, they're not beating anybody by hanging up 40 on them. They're squeaking out these shitty uh, close games. So nothing you want for fantasy and offense except for Brees Hall here. Fjord, Philadelphia Eagles. Swift Gainwell seemed to be kind of Locked in now at a 60-40 split, which I, I think is fine for fantasy. You can play Gainwell. He's a very playable flex week in and week out. The Seattle Seahawks. Kobe Parkinson is outplaying Noah Fant, which is crazy because Fant was even more highly thought of coming out by most, except for my, my man Walker here, than uh, TJ Hawkinson. So been a bit of a disappointing career for him so far, but – Here's the crazy thing. When Disley is on the field and all three of them are there, they are all almost at a 33% snap share. So they're all healthy again. When they've played together, it is literally – it couldn't possibly be more even. It's not ideal for fantasy whatsoever. San Francisco, Elijah Mitchell came back. 
What did he do with it? Nothing. Two carries, even with uh, CMC getting banged up. Uh, Mason saw five carries. He outsnapped him 15 to seven. I don't think Mason is the number two. I think if McCaffrey is to miss time, which I was reading, they don't think he is going to. I think Mitchell is the guy we've seen all of these backup running backs, Tyrion Davis price here. Um, Elijah Mitchell, to me, we like him in general, so maybe I'm biased, but he seems to be the most talented guy among the group. First game back, I don't put a ton of stock into it. They could have been easing him into it. It'll be interesting to see if CMC misses time or they take a, take a little work off his plate where it goes, but I believe it's Elijah Mitchell. Obviously, Dynasty Leagues, he's snatched up. He's probably available in a lot of redraft spots, but keep an eye on that. Look for reports out of San Fran to see what's happening with McCaffrey. Tampa Bay. Last two weeks, well, last two games, they were on the bye last week. Um, Keyshawn Vaughn, outsnapped. Trey, uh, Sean Tucker, 33-0. to zero. So Tucker was the number two to start the year. I didn't – he didn't do anything special, but I also didn't see him, you know, with an egregious fumble or fucking anything up out there. Um, but, yeah, Va- Vaughn is now taken over. So if you've been hanging on to him for years, congratulations. Um, Tucker seems to be uh, falling out of favor there. And last, and certainly least, Tennessee Titans. Hopkins, back-to-back games where he led them in wide receiver snaps. All year, he was kind of the two or three as far as snapshare was concerned. Could it be that Traylon Burks is out, so they have to get him more involved because it sure the fuck ain't going to be Nick Westbrook-Akinney, despite the fact that I have started him in several leagues for several weeks at this point. Um, Hopkins seems to be trending upward. Now, what that means with Tannehill out, with questionable quarterbacks in there, we've talked about this before, where sometimes either spread it to the guys they've played with on the second team or they just hyper-focus in on their alpha wide receiver. So they're on the bye. We're not going to know for a week or, well, two weeks actually, to how this plays out. But it'll be interesting to see what they do with Hopkins if there is another quarterback in there. But that concludes my trends for this week. Yeah, let's trade him. Trade him. Nobody wanted to sign him. Who the fuck's in a trade for? Things change. Man, money's different now. Right. Well, yeah. Signing bonus is taken care of. Yeah. But tell you what, Kansas City might be interested. They're receivers. They're quote unquote wide receivers. But I, is what let's it, talk about that for a second. Yeah, there's a lot of questions. I mean, the the more we know, the less we know at this point. I, I mean, the, it, yeah. it, obviously, yeah. as a dynasty guy, I'm speechless. I, no, you can't explain to me why Kansas City just doesn't take a game where they make Rashi Rice their wide receiver one and see what happens. He is blowing the doors off Sky Moore. Velda Scantling, I get he's the veteran guy, still fast, take the top off the defense. You want to keep him out there, I get it. Rice has Rice is statistically their best receiver, but he's not on the field as much as the other guys. I don't understand it. I, I get they're looking at these guys in practice. I'm not <laughs> saying I know more about the player. And I wasn't a Rice fan going out, but this is just super bizarre to me. And staying in division, the the Broncos criminal use of Marvin Mims is just ridiculous. I mean, all the rumors are them about trading Sutton and Judy. Again, it's all stirring up now. So they obviously want no part of those two guys. You just drafted this kid who's been great when you've targeted him. 
I don't know, crazy idea. Let him actually play football. I, I don't, I'm fucking perplexed. I do not get it one bit. What several I, of these teams are doing. Yeah. My two cents. Rasheed Rice is second in the team in targets um, behind only Travis Kelsey. Yeah. If you eliminate Kelsey because yeah, he's a tight he, end, he, it's he not is even there, close. So, and a rookie, right? Who's six games into his NFL career in what has been described as a complex uh, passing offense to learn. I, I'm pretty, sh- I'm pretty pleased with his usage thus far. I do think his role will grow because there's no one standing in his way. You know, MBS is a situational field stretcher. Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony are uh, gadget guys. There's, yeah. there's literally no one else. You know, he's he's fighting with Justin Watson for snaps, which. It's not not a fair fight um, at I, all. I even like Watson as a wide receiver three. Yeah, I don't <laughs> mind him. It's just the <laughs> way that they use the way they use the receivers is just very different, right? Than you know a traditional like a three wide set. Yeah, I mean they just guys out of the backfield, and you know it's just it, Andy Reid's probably too too creative for his own good, which is why they don't really invest in receivers. I mean they hit on Tyree Kill, but since then you know they they. Brought in Juju, who isn't a dynamic player. They sign MVS, who isn't, you know, he's a one-trick pony. Like, they're, they're not committing capital to the position. They'll draft. I mean, they trade, you know, for Tony after he flames out in New York. They use a second-rounder on Rasheed Rice. So, you know, they just know that Mahomes will elevate these players. But, yeah, I think better days are ahead for him. And two, conspiracy theory. Sean Payton wants to get fired. He's done. He's already done. He doesn't want to be there. So he's doing everything humanly possible. To make this team look like the worst team in NFL history and succeeding, um, in my opinion, you, you could you could sell me on this, so he can just get out of there. He's like, I'm tied to Russ. I don't like him. You know, we just there's too much money in the pot, and there's no way we can trade him. What, what am I going to do? You know, it's going to tough this out for the next three to four years or however long his contract is. Nah, coaching contracts are guaranteed. He just he bottoms out, tells those Waltons, you know, your move. Mm. And they uh, they move on. Sean Payton's back in the booth next year. Got forty mil or whatever in the bank from you know big Walmart, and uh, yeah, no harm, no foul. It's, it's my it's my theory. On I, I'm in. You've already you've convinced me. You don't have to yeah. go. You didn't go down the rabbit hole. I'm Listen, in. Sean Payton. Sean Payton's playing chess. It's, 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 we, we all have to figure out. He saw an opportunity mm-hmm. and he capitalized on it. You are 100% correct, I think. These rich idiots are delusional. They don't know anything about an NFL team. Right here, right here. We'll we'll fall down this rabbit hole. As of right now, football stops today. Denver's picking third, which there's a strong possibility that this remains the case as the year goes on. What are they doing? (laughs) I mean, the irony is their defense is in shambles. I I don't know who, like, the best defensive player is right now. I know there's a decent amount of O-linemen. There's obviously quarterbacks or skilled players, which we know because of fantasy. They need defense. Or they need a ton of help in the front. They don't care about money. Do they get rid of Russ and eat a giant chunk of that contract and then grab Drake May here, assuming the Bears aren't taking what's-his-face? Listen, they, they may, yeah, there's – the reality of hitting the reset button is is real. I mean, they have to. You you. There's no other way out. There's not a you path to, forward. Yeah, there's not with how they're currently constituted. No, but I have like to. This was, this was discussed in depth with Sean Payton when he accepted the Denver Broncos job. 
Right. It was like, okay, we have Russ has to be your quarterback for twenty. No, I don't. I don't think they thought twenty twenty three. I'm saying this year, this year, first year. Like I, you just I, you have to get him out there this year. Did you think they were going to be? Ba- Listen, we thought last year we all, bl- including Sean Payton, we all blamed it on Hackett. Obviously, something's wrong in that building because they're. Pra- I think they're worse this year because, you know, you you thought they hit rock bottom. So you go, it can't get worse. And then you go, oh, shit. <laughs> Miami hangs a 70 on them. You go, oh, this is this is not better. This may be worse than last year, which is incredible. I, I, you know, you said they could have talked about this. I don't think they had any inkling they were going to go one and five to start the year. I yeah, think I mean, they're shocked. I think. If you go in Denver, uh, the Denver offices, I think everyone is just slow walking with their head down in disbelief. It, yeah, I mean these, these guys are narcissists, you know, at their core. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree. I mean, I'm sure they expected better. Russ has an 85 million dead cap next year. Next year, I just under 50 mil dead cap in 25. His out. Per spot track is 2026, and it's still 31 million in 2026 as a dead cap out for him. So, I know he has some like injury guarantee where they're already talking about like, do you bench Russ because there's like a certain amount of contracts like guaranteed for injury only or something like that. I'm like, well, shit, you're you got bigger problems than this. I mean, this that money just doesn't disappear. I mean, what did look? He's a Super Bowl winning quarterback, been back to back Super Bowls. I would love. I can't wait for like stories to leak out a decade from now. I would love to know what Seattle was seeing, where they were like, "Yeah, you could get him." I mean, Listen, they they got a good return, but yeah, you yeah, people don't. They, yeah, dude, this is dynasty fantasy football right here, like in a super flex, right? You're just like, oh, hold on, you're gonna give me multiple first round picks plus like notable players back in a trade for this post apex guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is just a good analogy. Just, yeah, this is just transition to real football, right? I mean, they saw like he was a, you know, I don't want to say he's a product of their system, but I mean, he clearly covered up for a lot of things that he just can't do as an undersized quarterback who just really isn't as mobile as he used to be. Craziness. Well, I just Craziness. had that, you know, that, that moon ball. That was, that was literally his calling card. <laughs> just, you know, once a game, he's picking up 60 yards on a chunk on a, on a pass to Doug Baldwin or Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf. You know, and you look up, he's like, ah, oh, he threw for 250 and two touchdowns and ran for another 40 yards. He's awesome. It's crazy. Should have ran crazy the ball. Crazy watching him up. fall off. Should have ran the ball in that Super Bowl. Oh. Yeah, you know, that's what Marshawn Lynch said. Doesn't even have Russ's number. Not friends. Tells you everything you need to know about Russ. Everyone wants to be Marshawn Lynch's friend. Everyone. Hey. All right, off that, let's get into <laughs> breakouts, busts, and buys, John. I'll jump right in with some of my breakouts. I mentioned Sam Howell earlier, and I'm I'm just I'm staying on stream. He's he's had one shitty game so far. Other than that, he has been fantasy startable. And again, I referenced this earlier. He accounted for all three of the commander's touchdowns on only 23 pass attempts, and he has a very fantasy-friendly QB schedule uh coming up. So he is locked and loaded uh, as a QB2 in Superflex. I think he has streamer appeal for like the next month, especially with all these injuries you now that are come down to Pike. Now, it wasn't like a ton of high-end talent outside of uh, Justin Fields. We already have Anthony Richardson out who, we didn't talk about this, they, there's already reports that he's done for the year, more than likely. 
Um, so we're looking for options. And I think, Sam, you could do way worse than Sam Howell. From him on the running back, Chuba Hubbard. I am not a Chuba Hubbard fan. I The opposite. I was happy when Miles Sanders went down to Carolina and signed that massive deal. I had him in a few spots. But Sanders is dinged up and hasn't looked right. Chuba Hubbard got to start this past week. And he looked good even in a blowout. 19 for 81 in a touchdown. Only caught one pass for two yards. Was only targeted the one time. This Panthers run game was stagnant with a banged up Miles Sanders. But Hubbard? You know, looked startable. He had a more productive game than Sanders has had this year versus Miami. Talking about dead caps, the 23 dead cap for these two running backs. Sanders, $11 million. Chuba Hubbard, $356,000. You don't pay running backs. We're just how how many times do we need to see, you know, to read this story before we start believing in it? They're they're switching their offensive coordinator this week, too. Yeah, Frank Reich's trying to get someone else to be responsible so he can fire him <laughs> at the end of the year. So he doesn't get fired again. Oh, yeah. He's gonna, he needs a scapegoat, man. <laughs> so supposedly the offense coordinator's name is escaping. is very well regarded. So I'm, I'm interested to see what, what that actually means. Um, poor Caroline. Does it mean more more pass attempts to Adam Stealing? Because I don't know if that's functionally possible, but I guess we'll find out. Wide receiver, Zay Flowers was PPR wide receiver 14 on the week. Thanks to a rushing and receiving TD. Just come on, just give him the damn ball. You were talking about the splits. You were more referencing how Nelson Aguilar has passed Rashad Bateman. But Zay Flowers, just come on, scheme. This dude needs 10 opportunities plus a week. Just keep it going to do the super dynamic. Get him the damn ball. Lastly, mention him last week. Mention him again because the shit hasn't changed. Dalton Schultz, the tight end two. Overall, the last three weeks in fantasy football, thanks to a TD a week. That's what he's doing, and that's all you need to do. This guy was left for dead early in the season. The first couple of weeks, we were talking about him like, oh, well, shit, we thought he was going to get a ton of opportunity. But Stroud's just throwing the ball to Nico Collins and Tank Dell and Robert Woods and literally everyone but Dalton Schultz. Well, that's changed the last couple of weeks. Dalton Schultz is now a must-start tight end a mere few weeks later. So, you know, it's funny. Uh, life comes at you fast. And again, all you have to do is score touchdowns to be a tight end one. You still there, Johnny? No, oh, thought I lost you. No, no, I was, I was done with Schultz. It was time for you to talk. Oh, <laughs> got little tens on there. Yeah, so looking at uh, targets and fades for this week specifically, uh, a, a guy you hate, but against a team that uh, <laughs> allows a ton of points, Give me Jordan Love coming off the bye, going to Denver. Um, yeah. Everyone else has done it, ex- oddly enough, except for Pat Mahomes. So <laughs> Let, let's see how mm. this works out. Um, Tyrod Taylor, if he's getting the start, I do like him against Washington. Whatever quarterback is running out there uh, against the Bears, if whether it be Jimmy G or I actually like Brian Hoyer this week if he gets the nod. Um, I, I, I like the matchup against the Bears. I liked it last week too, but Cousins in Minnesota did nothing, but neither did the Bears in just a dog shit divisional game. Um, and Thursday night, Derek Carr against the Jacksonville Jaguars at quarterback. Running backs, only a couple I like. I already mentioned him earlier. Uh, Kareem Hunt, uh, I'll I'll roll the dice this week against Indy's defense. Could could he go back to the, the clear second fiddle to Jerome Ford? Yes, but I, I think it's a good spot to give it a shot, especially with all these teams on the bye this week. And I like Zeke against Buffalo. Zeke finally got his first touchdown with New England. Their offensive problems are significant and mainly in the passing game. You know, if you're if you're New England, how do you want to fix this? And it's probably lean on Zeke and Ramondre Stevenson. I just say Zeke because he got in the end zone and 
Maybe they ride the hot hand approach. And again, got six teams on the bye. You could do a lot worse than putting Ezekiel Elliott in. Wide receiver. I love Michael Wilson against Seattle this week. I think that's a great start. Um, I mentioned him earlier. Darius Slayton, Washington, not doesn't have the best corners. Slayton is the only guy out there. It seems like a good spot to play him. And another guy talked up and, and mentioned him by name, Rashi Rice against this Chargers secondary. The, the, if you go through the guys that have played, not the wide receiver ones, man, there, there's some, some guys that have really lit it up. Like I said, should have been Gallup a week ago. He did have his 10 targets, didn't turn it to nothing, but the, the opportunity is there. Tight ends, is, you know, we, we do love our tight ends here, so I find more every week. Uh, I mentioned uh, Jimmy G or whoever will be the starter against the Bears, but I like Michael Meyer. Get Michael Meyer in there against the Bears. They've been terrible against every position, but specifically against tight ends. Uh, Luke Musgrave, our guy. If you like Jordan Love, get Musgrave in there. I like that matchup. Uh, cheap stack for DFS if you're interested. Darnell Washington. Uh, Fairmouth is still out. Washington gets his first bye week to practice. Hopefully he gets the nod in this game. He got a few targets a couple weeks ago without Freermuth. It'll be interesting to see him against the Rams because they have been bad against tight ends. Uh, Thursday night, again, sticking with another cheap stack, Derek Carr and Foster Moreau against Jacksonville. Jags have not been good against tight ends. And our guy, Kate Otten against the Atlanta Falcons. Bigger names that I am fading, going the opposite direction here. I don't like golf against Baltimore. I do not like Cousins on Monday night against the Niners. Nobody should. And a guy we've taken some time beating the dog shit out of. Uh, no thank you to Russell Wilson this week against the Green Bay Packers. Um, going to Thursday night, I don't like ETN on the short week against a pretty stout Saints run defense. Mostert, it's hard to fade him. You're going to play him this week, but I don't I think limit your expectations for him. What? Where are you on Rashad White now in Tampa Bay? Uh, the year started, I was kind of pleasantly surprised. Now I'm a bit down on him. I don't like him against this Atlanta defense. Where are you on him now? Done. Done. You are out. I'm done. Okay. I get I'm done. They, they can't run the ball, and uh, Baker doesn't throw it to his running backs, apparently. So Yeah. And then uh, another fade. I don't know who's the, the, the trends with the carries. Uh, Jonathan Taylor got a little more involved in week two. I think I think Zach Moss still lingers enough to ding his value um, in the next couple of weeks. But either way, this week, even with the buys, I would not start Jonathan Taylor or Zach Moss against the Cleveland defense unless you literally have no other options. I would start Kareem Hunt and Zeke that I mentioned earlier over both of them this week, which sounds crazy, but Cleveland is fucking tough. Uh, sticking with that game there, I'm not taking Pittman against Cleveland either. Uh, Minshew's going to have a long day. It's going to be rough. I don't see Pittman having a, a big game out there. Sticking with Denver, Judy and Sutton. Green Bay's got a pretty good pass defense. No thank you. My boy, George Pickens. I don't like him this week against the Rams. Deontay Johnson should come back. Target monster. Rams are pretty stout against the passing game against wide receivers specifically. I think Deontay Johnson gets a lot of work and I don't think either one of them have a great game, but Pickens, I think kind of falls to the number two role there. And another, another uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneer. I don't like Mike Evans against Atlanta. I forget the kid's name uh, early draft pick a couple years ago, but he's been shadowing top receivers and has done a pretty good job of shutting them down. So I do not like Mike Evans and last and certainly not least, because I love him. tight ends. I don't like this week. 
Baltimore has been very good against opposing tight ends. I think this is a spot where Sam Laporta lays an egg and people are quite saddened by it. I would be statistically, but I think the future is bright either way besides that one week. Hunter Henry, New England's done nothing this year. Hunter Henry, you may have to plug him in due to the bye weeks, but I would take a flyer on a lot of guys on waivers like Darnell Washington before I play Hunter Henry against Buffalo's defense. who has been good against tight ends. Uh, Tyler Higby has been good this year, but with the full complement of wide receivers there, he's going to take a ding, and Pittsburgh is tough against tight ends. Not a week to play him, and we're going to stick with another big name here. I don't like Hawkinson on Monday night against the Niners, so – I think Minnesota gets crushed. I don't think Hawkinson has a good game. They're good against tight ends. He is their de facto wide receiver one now. The Niners uh, are aware of that fact. Also, they will do their best to shut him down, and they're already good at it. So no thank you there. And those are my starts and sets for this week. AJ Terrell Island was with you with uh, Mike Evans. Been pretty good. Do Do not disagree, so. Paper cuts is how Tampa Bay is going to have to move the ball. All right. Have my breakouts giving me my bus. Uh, Daniel Jones, QB 27, and Deshaun Watson, somehow quarterback 11 on points per game basis. Both their teams play with more passion on with Tyrod Taylor and P.J. Walker under center than they did with these two uh, multi-hundred millionaires. Um, it's been an absolute disaster for, for both of them. Watson hasn't played in, in multiple weeks. It uh, doesn't seem like there's any end in sight with this, you know, subscapular strain that that now he has. Um, Daniel Jones just stinks. I mean, I don't know what to really talk about that. It's, a, it's one of the going to go down as a, an epic fail uh, of a contract for those uh, New York it's Giants. It's still cheap. I mean, it's a lot of money, but it's not for a quarterback. Relatively, Relatively speaking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, grand scheme, but... I mean, still egregious. Damian Pierce mentioned him before. He's running back 48 on the season. Um, or sorry, he's running back 48 oh. on the week. Oh, sorry, on the week while Devin Singletary produced a running back 31 fantasy finish same week. Pierce is running back 27 on the season. So he's a flex running back, but he's maxed out at 14.9 PPR points in week three. So he's just been getting volume. He's not been getting good. He just hasn't got hurt yet. I mean, that's kind of what's impacting the running back position. He's been terrible. I mean, they're just not, despite their record and despite how well Stroud has played, there's just nothing. Nobody can't wait to tune in to watch the Texan offense. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like if it starts clicking a little more, and and I think part of that's just Stroud being a rookie and leaning heavily on Collins or Dell, or now it it seems to be rotating through Schultz. I, I think... I mean, you know, there you need flex running backs. There's there's a world where he's usable in that role. But yeah, if you're expecting a lot more, I just don't. Makes me a little sad because I do like the player, but I I think just right now the offense as a whole is, despite winning games, it's not exciting and not productive for fantasy. Exactly, and they're on by this week. But you know, Damian Pierce sub three yards per carry on the season. That has had ninety seven attempts. Hasn't done a lot with the twelve targets that he saw. Caught nine of one the year. It's just not. It's not not looking that good. Like I said, maybe they fix some things through the buy. Their offensive line has been banged up, um, missing a lot of players. So better days might be ahead. But why the why the paradigm shift this past week with the Singletary usage? I don't know. It's strange going into the buy. Um, in my opinion, might be you know exiting in much more of a committee than 
Plus Damian Pierce. Yeah. For life. Wide receiver, Jahan Dodson. Oh, PPR wide receiver. Oh, seven. He's a huge miss for me. I had high hopes for this guy. He's been active in every game, but he's just not commanding targets. Um, 31 on the season, you know, rough translation of 5.2 per game. Just, you're not going to get there on five targets per game. Very touchdown dependent. Um, saw those touchdowns last year, not seeing them this year. So even though I'm, I'm high on Sam Howell from a fantasy perspective, I just, you know, he's spreading the ball around so much. It's, you know, it's Terry McLaurin, it's, uh, Logan Thomas, it's getting Curtis Samuel, the ball, like John Dotson's like fourth, maybe fifth behind, uh, Antonio Gibson in the pecking order. Yeah, you're he's concerned. Mm-hmm. It's it's bad. It's a bad season for John Dotson. Last, I mentioned Juwan Johnson last week, but I'm still going to keep him here because he's now down to tight end 51 on the year. There's just the, the free fall continues. And then Chigakonkwa, who everyone was on, is tight end 30 on the season. I tried to warn you guys, situations change for these guys. You were mentioned DeAndre Hopkins. Once he came to town, Chig was a huge fade for me. I had concerns with Juwan Johnson bringing in Jimmy Graham and Foster Moreau and still having Taysom Hill there. And that's come totally to fruition. That's been a bad yeah. contract um, for those New Orleans Saints as well. It's, it's, it's tough out there in those tight end streets. So those are my busts. Going on to my buys. This is fantasy. Or sorry, this is dynasty-centric podcast, but you know we, we do discuss redraft from time to time. But for me, I'm going to buy Malik Willis. I am. I'm just figuring, let's get crazy. He still took far too many sacks. He had four sacks in 12 dropbacks <laughs> coming into the game. That's it's an insane rate, 33% sack rate on his 12 dropbacks. Did have 17 rushing yards in limited action. Ryan Tannehill with the high ankle. Could miss multiple weeks. Could be done in Tennessee altogether if Will has shown any signs of life. You said that um, Will Levis should be back. Didn't seem like he was particularly close to being the backup in camp. So I don't know. No. Nipping at Malik Willis's heels. Um, so maybe we see stride from Malik Willis. And listen, we want mobile quarterbacks in fantasy football. So you could do worse than going and getting Malik Willis. Um, likely for very cheap. And they're on a buy this week, so you could add them in redraft for nothing if, if you really needed to and just stash for a week and see what happens coming out of the buy for those Tennessee Titans. For the running back position, Craig Reynolds likely step into the Dave Montgomery role if he misses time, and he'll be productive. Sounds like he is. Yeah. You know, it's the second time Montgomery's been hurt early this season. I've added and dropped Craig Reynolds several hundred times <laughs> in various leagues this past year. Um, I think you can still have him get him cheap if he's on someone else's roster. Um, I don't think he's a long-term fix, but even if Gibbs comes back, he's not going to be the workhorse in this. He'll be the Jamal, he'll be the Jameer Gibbs role in this offense. Craig Reynolds could have a nice little run as a kind of David Montgomery light in this offense. Um, you know, and, and we're talking about six bye weeks, multiple injuries at the position. Now, you could do worse than, than Craig Reynolds at the running back position. I mentioned Kendrick Bourne before, so I'm not going to go back into him now, but I do think in a PPR world, he's, he's someone that you you need to be looking at right now. But Trey Palmer, you were talking about Mike Evans getting washed out by A.J. Terrell. Trey Palmer was about a, a cumulative yard, yard and a half uh, off in two Baker Mayfield bombs this past week where he could have had 100 and a touchdown in limited action. I'm a huge Palmer fan. Seems like he's getting more involved in this offense. I would actually be going and looking for Trey Palmer, trying to get him cheap right now, um, especially in Dynasty Fantasy Football. And then lastly, I mentioned his name before, but coming back, Jonu Smith. Uh, just find someone who loves you in life as much as Arthur Smith loves Jonu Smith. I mean, <laughs> this guy was super productive with Tennessee. Then they got out of the way to trade for him to bring him back from purgatory in New England. 
you know, back into the Arthur Smith fold. He's tight end 11 in targets on the year. John U. Smith with 32. Kyle Pitts has 38 on the season. John U. Smith is PPR tight end eight on the year, and he has only played five games. He missed a game this season. Last two weeks, routes run by Atlanta Falcon tight ends. Kyle Pitts, 57. John U. Smith, <laughs> I'm sorry. Kyle Pitts, 58. John U. Smith, 57. It is a full-blown timeshare at tight end for these Atlanta Falcons. We were going gaga over Kyle Pitts for years, fantasy unicorn, and it turns out, you know, talent be damned. It's scheme above all, and Arthur Smith just loves him some Johnny Smith. He is a must-start tight end. He will not fade the rest of this year. I can guarantee it in this offense. He's, he's everything you and I wanted him to be in New England. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sign that big deal. Like, oh, they're finally going to focus on him. You know, not this gadgety shit. Well, the gadgety shit's working, right? He's more of like an H-back. But Arthur Smith knows how to deploy him, and he's getting opportunity. Like I said, one less route run in the last two weeks in Kyle Pitts. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, you, you mentioned uh, some, some waiver guys. Yeah, I, I said it earlier. I like Elijah Mitchell this week. Obviously, these are redrafted dynasty. There's no one left uh, I, except for Hoyer. Hoyer might be out there. I do like him if he gets a, another start, especially against the Bears. I mean, what a what a great spot to get a start for a guy who's familiar with the system. I, I already got him everywhere in dynasty, but I'll be snatching me up some Zach Evans where he's floating in redraft. And I, and I like your Craig Reynolds. Yeah, even with Gibbs back, we saw when the two of them played earlier, Reynolds was still the quote unquote lead back, but. It's tough out there in them streets. I, I, I got a, I got a quick lineup for you here before we get out. You ready for this? I want to tell you about one of my redraft teams, and I'm going to list the players I had on it, and I would like to get your uh, reaction besides calling an ambulance. Uh, I started the draft with Nick Chubb and Cooper Cup. Uh, I followed that up with, not in this order. Well, those were my one and two. Uh, Deontay Johnson, Anthony Richardson, Khalil Herbert, Zay Jones and Kyron Williams. <laughs> I mean, this fucking team. I've never had a team killed by injuries so much in my life. That, that is a very John Debari team as well, uh, if I do say so myself. But I mean, there's just nothing you can do. No. You know, that's the, and that's why, and it's probably short-sighted to me, that's why I am totally done with uh, redraft. It's just your season's done. There's nothing you can do. You're just, you just donated money. Right. If you're in dynasty, you can you can at least try to make trades, try to figure shit out. You're just, you're just not doing it in redraft. Like you're just so dependent upon health in redraft. You can get screwed in dynasty too, but at least like there's still like a path forward in dynasty. I just yeah, hate still it. next year you could trade. Yeah, I just picks. yeah, yeah. I just it's it's tough for me. It's both, well, that's why I stopped doing it because I just yeah. I, I, I don't the, ever remember a team where I lost my. QB two, top two wide receivers, my best running back on draft day, Kyron Williams, my best best running back now. Herbert's been very serviceable. Zay Jones with the I think he's only played two full games has been great in those two, and then yeah, one one shitty injury game and he missed two. I mean, and then Khalil, it's just been every week. I'm like, all right, I guess I'll slide this guy to my IR slot. It's been awful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, I'm looking at the Kyron Williams injury, and Twitter is telling us that we should add, add Royce Freeman. That's 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 next man up. No. Not I, Zach I, Evans. I refuse. Royce Freeman is the Not next man up. Royce Freeman. That is a – if 
Kyron Williams didn't break his ankle. It's clearly a high ankle. A hundred percent. There's the way that that defender fell on him. That is a multi-week injury conservatively. I hope to see Zach Evans. I just don't believe we will see Zach Evans. There's a reason we I, haven't seen him. Yet. There's a reason why Ronnie Rivers is getting snaps over him. I, I've seen Royce Freeman, and I know, I know the the what if of Zach Evans is far greater than the what I know of Royce Freeman. But oof, little Royce Freeman talk to get us out of here. So yeah. that'll do it for us. Unless you have anything People else, need to know how bad it is out there, John. Royce Freeman, yeah, deserves Royce Freeman, thirty seconds of our time. Priority waiver pickup. Fuck. Yikes. <laughs> so that'll do it for us. Uh, good luck in week seven, unless you're playing us. Then we wish all of the ills of the world upon you. But for myself, John DeBarry, my co-host, Matt Walker, and our friends that expand the box score, we are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. Here, here's an old man screams at the sky moment. Have you seen these giant pussies with these like oven mitts on the hand pads? Yeah. Even my wife goes, <laughs> and she goes, what's that? I go, yeah, it's a long story, but, uh, no, it's yeah. not a long story. They're pussies. That's the yeah. story. You know, there was, it was, I, I, I actually read, read into it. Like it's been around for years. Like there was this one player who had like, he like broke his finger or did something two decades ago. And his physical therapist made this thing for him so he could get back and play. And so it was just to protect. It was like with the, like the plastic and, and now it's like a, a given. I'm like, is it that big of an issue that like you no. break fingers and shit when you're sliding? No, th- aren't they just trying to avoid getting scrapey wapies on your palms? I mean, there's that, but there's a lot of sliding the bases. I think it's jamming their fingers and fucking pussies. I don't Yeah, but, yeah I'm, I'm out. It, yeah, it's not the it's not the best look either. I mean, it's very, very yeah. Strange. It's a big mitten, you pussy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it's stupid. Yeah. At least put it, at least put a thumb. Yeah, you know, if you're gonna go mitten, like go full thumb pad too on it, right? It's just it's literally the oven mitt without the thumb gripper. I mean, it's not even the most functional <laughs> oven mitt. As you're talking about it, and you're talking about Harper, Harper's fucking brace, I'm thinking of all the shit in baseball that's super pussy shit. They, the guy comes up to bat. He's got armor on his elbow, his lead elbow. He's got fucking armor on his ankle. Casey, Casey fouls one off his toesies. And they got, got the got fucking the, helmet. Yeah. The, with the, the fucking yeah. 75%. I mean, listen, Come on. Hey, I, I'm not a baseball guy. I've never liked baseball. I don't, I didn't like playing it. I actually have some fun play softball. I was never into baseball growing up. I won't sit through like a regular season game ever. Like even if going there, my attention span is like, it's far too long. I love this pitch clock, but also I have to think at a certain point where someone's throwing hundred mile an hour fastballs within like three inches of my face every single day. I'm wearing every piece of that equipment. I'm like, no. make some more stuff. I want body armor. Give me the Kevlar vest that the quarterbacks wear. I, I want yeah, front hand. They they got those pads that are on the outside of their batting gloves too. Like, run that all the way down my hands. I want to look like the Michelin oh. Man going out there, where they couldn't hurt me if they tried. I get hit with a hundred mile an hour baseball right here. I have to a, prove I'm tough. Paul Conurco signed baseball. Yeah, and absolutely. No one knows who that is. I like that. The non-first first baseman. baseman for the White Sox twenty years ago. Yeah. Okay. What's no. He was on a world championship White Sox team. That doesn't mean shit. There's a lot of people on that team that no one cares about.